Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. My name is John Whitaker. I'm the host and creator of the Bible in Life, and I'm glad you're joining me on this episode. Over the last handful of weeks, we have had a good number of new listeners to the podcast, and so I thought I would take a second and just share a little bit of background about myself before we jump into the content of the episode. Um, I have been a Bible college professor and a pastor. I still uh, preach regularly in various churches. I still serve as an adjunct professor of New Testament at a local Bible college. I taught there for 19 years full-time. I've helped start a church. And so I've done ministry for a long time, for over 30 years. And my heart, my, my soul in all of this is not just to teach the Bible, but to teach the Bible in a way that it, it comes to life, that when you read it, it makes sense, and it's a little bit more three-dimensional. And then the, the, to show how it intersects with where we live in our regular everyday life so that we can begin to enter into the text of Scripture in uh, communion with Jesus and prayer-filled uh, reading of the text, also that we can begin to live out and follow Jesus right in the midst of our everyday life. And that's really my heart in ministry, my heart in teaching the Bible, um, my heart in doing this podcast. And so uh, if you are new, I am glad you're here. I pray that it's helpful not only to just understanding the text, but also to walking out the text, living out the text right in the context of your everyday life. That's my heart and my prayer. So welcome. Glad you're here. Um, on this episode, I just want to offer a, really a reflection on something that I myself has been pondering and reflecting on for my own spiritual life, something that I believe uh, is challenging and encouraging for all of us who are trying to be disciples of Jesus and follow him. And let me start that reflection um, by summarizing a story. I read uh, an article recently, uh, an article put out by Renew.org called The Dirty Secret of the Mission Field. And the author of the article told the story of how when he uh, decided to be a missionary, he he was excited to be a missionary, right? And sort of some of the glamour that goes with being a missionary. Oh, you're going to be a big, bad missionary, you know, servant of the Lord, serving in difficult places on the other part of the world. And so he, he and his family got on a plane uh, to fly to India where he was going to be a missionary. Lands about 17 hours later in New Delhi. And then he says, and then I discovered the dirty secret of the mission field. The same guy you were when you got on the plane is the same guy you are when you got off the plane. Um, there is no miraculous transformation that happens somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean. He says, nope, I was the same guy in India that I was in America, and that was a problem. Actually, he says, there were two problems. And what he's getting at is uh, some of his weaknesses in ministry that showed up in America were going to be the same weaknesses there in India. And at the heart of that... Um, is, in his words in the article, I had never made a disciple. I had preached plenty of sermons. I had taught the Bible. Uh, but had I ever made a disciple that could make another disciple? And he was pretty convinced in his first handful of years of ministry that had never happened. So why did he think that would happen just when he moved to India? Um, and so now all of a sudden he began to face the facts that if I don't learn how to make disciples, then I'm not really fulfilling Jesus' mission to us. And as he tells the story, this is what he says. Let me just read you 
a couple sentences here. He says, I went with the goal of being an amazing missionary who saved everyone. But what actually happened is the Indian believers taught me how to follow Jesus. I met faithful Indian believers who were literally risking everything for the sake of the gospel. People who were rejected and driven out of their villages because they put their faith in Jesus. Young, 17-year-old men who said yes to Jesus, knowing it would get them kicked out of their family. Pastors who were beaten and almost killed for their faith. Women who had been raped because of their allegiance to Jesus. All willing to give up everything they had to buy that treasure they had discovered in the new field. And there he alludes to that passage in Matthew 13, 44 through 46, where Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field and a man went and sold everything he had so he could buy that field and get that treasure. And, um, the author of this article is saying, I met Indian people who that's that was their life. They give up everything they had to be disciples of Jesus and they were serving him and they were passing on their faith to others in spite of the risk. Um, and then a little later in the article, he talks about himself and us as followers of Jesus and and ask this question, are you a disciple worth reproducing? And then he, he asks a series of kind of bullet pointed questions. What if everyone in your church prayed the way you pray or fasted the way you fast or shared the gospel as often as you share the gospel or served the way you serve or loved the way you love? What kind of church would you have? What if every Christian was just like you? Man, that is a massive challenge for us to just pause and reflect on. What if other disciples actually did become like me? Would it be a good thing for their discipleship? Would it be a good thing for the church? And that really challenged me to examine my life and to think about my prayer life to think about my uh, the other spiritual disciplines, fasting or serving or worship or some of those things that are spiritual practices, but are also supposed to be the very embodiments of our following of Jesus. Am I a disciple worth reproducing? And that challenge, I think, is good for all of us to reflect on. And again, we don't want to... Uh, be overburdened with shame or with guilt on that, right? We, we, we operate under grace, in the sphere of grace, and our relationship with God is marked by grace and his undeserved favor, his deep-seated kindness towards us. That is the hallmark of this relationship. And yet, at the same time, the relationship we've entered into with Jesus is a transforming friendship where we enter into this relationship with King Jesus to become like him and to help other people become like him. That's the essence of it, that a mature disciple is somebody who is substantially like Jesus in the character and the mission of their life, that their heart from the inside out beats in sync with Jesus's heart uh, and that they love the things he loves. And as a result of that, they're increasingly doing the things that Jesus would do. And so while it is marked by grace and favor and love, it is also supposed to transform us into becoming like Jesus, so like the Apostle Paul, we could say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And we could be concrete models of what it looks like to follow Jesus. So am I a disciple 
worth reproducing? How do I need to grow and change in regard to that? And so I have been reflecting on that some for myself. I've been talking to Jesus about that and, and, and realizing I just have a lot of ways to grow in this area of being a disciple worth following, a disciple worth reproducing. And one of the phrases that, uh, that I have been thinking about particularly in this regard is this, this sentence, obedience is the prerequisite to intimacy. That intimacy with God, intimacy with Jesus, knowing God and being close to him and living in an intimate relationship, uh, the prerequisite for that is obedience. And one of the things I've been thinking about is I think sometimes we've, we've changed the order of that. And I know there's an interplay and an interchange between the two, uh, but I do think sometimes we've gotten the order wrong where we have thought, I'm just going to work really hard on being intimate with Jesus and stirring up close uh, attachment to Jesus, which is important and necessary, but sometimes it can boil down to almost sentimentalism or subjectivism and lots of strong feelings that doesn't manifest itself in courageous obedience to Jesus. And as I've been reflecting on this sentence, I think, and I think Jesus teaches this, that obedience actually is what opens the gateway to closeness and to intimacy and deep attachment with Jesus. Um, if you love me, Jesus says, you will obey my commandments. That, that obedience is a mark of love and love manifests itself in obedience, and so there's an interplay between the two, um, and yet our our commitment to obey and our learning how to obey will actually enable us to have a closer, more intimate relationship with Him. I think that's true in just about every other relationship as well, like living in loving loyalty to my wife, right? Doing things for her, that demonstrate my love for her, doing things that I know uh, that will uh, make her happy or that make her life better, do it, uh, avoiding doing things that I know will bother her or uh, make her life harder, right? All of that opens the pathway or creates an environment in which it's possible for us to live in greater intimacy and closeness. And I think the same is true in our relationship with Jesus, uh, that um, as we obey him, and we begin to put in practice the things that he calls us to do, praying regularly, serving lovingly, uh, sharing our faith where we can, right? Doing the things that he calls us to do and doing them intentionally to obey him creates space, creates an environment where we can grow in closeness to the Lord and know him. And disobedience on the flip side builds uh, walls and creates barriers that will make it hard for us to actually intimately know Jesus. And it doesn't matter how we feel or, you know, how passionate our singing is or any of those sorts of things. It, we, we won't know Jesus intimately without obeying him. 
And here's the other thing I'm convinced of. And again, I've seen this not only in practice, but I see this in some of the things the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians and elsewhere, where, and the more we obey him, and the more, therefore, we come to know him, then we'll be led into other areas where we recognize deeper obedience is needed and we'll obey him more, which will lead to greater intimacy. And so uh, this interplay between obedience and intimacy, I think, is crucial to our spiritual life. And so, as we put these two concepts together, am I a disciple worth reproducing and obedience is the prerequisite to intimacy, I think the place for all of us to begin is really to say, okay, I'm going to obey Jesus in the things that I know I should and where I can. And as I do that, I will grow in closeness to Jesus and he'll reveal more places where I need to obey him. And the result of that is, will be, is that I will become a disciple worth producing. Someday, I'll be able to say like the Apostle Paul, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And that will have grown out of a long and steady obedience in the same direction, to paraphrase Eugene Peterson's phrase from years ago. And so my encouragement to you and, and my encouragement for myself is, let's begin to obey today in the things we know to obey. Let's get up tomorrow and obey again. And over the long haul, let's keep obeying. And it's when we, when we see another area of our life where we're out of sync with Jesus, as he makes that clear to us, let's determine to obey there. If we find an area where we're struggling to obey, uh, let's, uh, let's maybe get some guidance and some wisdom and some counsel on why we're struggling to obey and some things we can do to help us uh, retrain our body for the sake of holiness and obey in that area. Let's do what we need to do to... Uh, just simply obey the best we can and trust Jesus to give us the grace to help us to do that. Let's not excuse our disobedience. Let's just obey. Um, and as we recognize, I probably need to be more obedient in this area, then let's pray and look for opportunities to obey there. One of the ways that's playing out for me is I am not very great on the evangelistic front, sharing my faith with unbelievers. That's not been a strength of mine in my life. It's something I think I need to grow in. And it's not because I'm really afraid. Uh, it just isn't something that comes natural to me. And so I don't quite know what obedience in that area is exactly going to look like, except that I know what it means is I need to be praying about opportunities for that more, um, I need to be mindful of opportunities for that more, and I need to be growing in uh, that area of my faithfulness to Jesus more. And uh, I want to become more like him in that regard, where Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I should be mindful of that because that's something that's important to him. And so <clears throat> I want to grow in that. What does it look like for you? What's an area where it's like, oh, I need to grow uh, in this area and obey Jesus more in this area. And again, we do all of this inside the circle of grace, not feeling like we're, we're not, we don't measure up or we're worthless or anything like that. God loves us. Uh, he gave his son for us. And so we are in a relationship of grace and graciousness with him. We're not trying to prove ourselves or earn anything. We're just presenting ourselves to God as humble, faithful disciples, learning to obey him and become the kinds of humans he created us to be. And so may it be so for you and may it be so for me. May we become disciples worth reproducing as we seek to obey Jesus and grow in our intimacy with him. 
All right, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. The Bible and Life is part of an overall online teaching ministry that's made possible by the generous support of people just like you. So if you're one of those who supports this ministry financially, from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. The impact you're having for the sake of eternity is untold. Uh, people all around the globe are listening to the Bible and Life podcast, to the listener's commentary, and growing in their faith because of it. And that's only possible because of your financial support. So thanks a ton for that. And if you want to join the team of supporters, you can do so by going to johnwhitaker.net, johnwhitaker.net, click on the Give button. It'll redirect you to a page uh, at World Family Mission where you can uh, set up a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thanks a ton for your support. May God bless you for it. I look forward to talking with you again next week.